friend. Welcome to the Shattered into Beautiful podcast. I'm Jeannie Smith, an author, ministry leader, and biblical healing coach. But more importantly, I'm a wife and a mom, just like many of you. Listen, if you're looking for real, authentic talk, you've came to the right place. In this space, you will discover a friend who will connect with your heart as I share my own personal stories and cover many relatable topics. If your heart is hurting, no matter what your circumstances are, there is only one healer. I see you. God sees you. And through biblical content, I will teach you how to leave your pain in the past, receive the gift of whole healing, and soar into purpose. So, are you ready to be restored and become all God created you to be? We are going to trade those ashes for beauty. Let's jump into today's show. Grab your favorite coffee, journal, and Bible. It's time to dig in and unwrap your gift. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm so glad you joined me today. And we are going to be talking about identity. Where does it come from and for what purpose? We are going to discover that our identity is a gift. And my goal is to help you understand how to bring forth your true identity and to live in it. So let's begin with a story. There was a man who was a neighbor to a famous sculptor. One day, a large block of marble was delivered to the sculptor's backyard. And as the neighbor watched, the sculptor walked around and around that big piece of stone. Day after day, he walked around and around, and then one day he began to chip away at the marble. As the neighbor watched, he began to see what appeared to be a man's head being formed as the days went by. He could see that the sculptor was indeed making a statue of a man. When the work was finished, the neighbor went over to visit, and when he saw the front of the statue, he exclaimed, Why, that is the statue of Jesus! Then he asked the question that had been in his mind ever since that piece of marble had been delivered. Tell me, he said to the sculptor, why did you spend all that time walking around and around and around that big piece of marble before you began to work? The sculptor smiled and he replied, I was looking to see what was inside that piece of marble. And when I saw Jesus in there, I just chipped away everything that wasn't him. That piece of marble didn't do a thing to help the sculptor. It just rested and let the sculptor do the work. My friend, that is exactly how God desires to deal with you and to deal with me. When he looks at us, he sees Jesus in us, and he is chipping away what isn't him. All he asks of you and of me is that we rest while he does the work. He is the sculptor, and you and I, we are just a stone. And there is nothing for the stone to do but to believe that the sculptor is at work. The outcome will be an ever more perfect expression of the life of Jesus through you and through me. Wasn't that a great story? It's taken from a book titled, What Must We Do? 
by John Kellogg. What a great picture of what Christ is doing in us, not what we are doing, but what he is doing once we have believed and allowed him to come into our hearts, received him as our Lord and Savior. So, let's back up for a better understanding. In the beginning, we are told, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Genesis 1.27 So we see here that we bear the image and identity of Christ. We were also created in our mother's womb with it. Listen to what Psalms 139 declares, beginning in verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them ever came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. But then something happens. From out of that mother's womb, we are born into the world, a world full of sin. As a baby and a child, we don't understand the sin. And at this stage, we are the most innocent and in the purest form, the closest to the perfect image of God. It is why Satan hates children and wants to destroy them in the womb. And if he can't destroy them in the womb, he comes after them as small children in forms of abuse, abandonment, rejection. Now we see such confusion in our days with gender. And all of these things, all of these attacks from the enemy are against our identity in Christ because we bear his image. So to reflect on this more, let's see what Jesus says about children. They are the apple of his eye in Deuteronomy 32.10. In Matthew 19, 14, he says, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. In Matthew 18, 2, Jesus says, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. Well, Jesus was talking about childlike faith, taking on the lowly position, the pure position of a child. He was speaking about believing. So at this stage, we see the adoration, the love, the care Jesus had for children and the purity of children. Because of this truth, at this same stage, we are told as parents to do this by God. Impress my word upon the hearts of your children. Talk about it when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Basically all the time. That's Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 7. Then we're told in Proverbs 22, 6, Start children off on the way that they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. So fathers, we are instructed, bring your children up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. That's for you too, moms. So why are we told these things? Because again, babes and children are in the most innocent and purest stage. This is when truth must be planted of their identity and who their Heavenly Father is within them. Because as they grow, the world, the sin around them 
will begin to impact them and tell them something very different. The culture will lie to them. The lies of the enemy will become a great battle for them. And these battles will begin to create layers of ice as a result of sin. But the image of who we are is still ever present deep within the marble, no matter the sin. As we grow, we begin to make decisions, choices, because God gives us free will. He chose us from the beginning, but we then are handed over to our own choices and must choose him. You see, the identity was there from conception in our mother's womb, but in order to unwrap the gift of that identity, discover that identity, we need Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that does the work chipping away all the things that does not reflect Christ, all the things that has robbed us of our true identity. We can't do the work ourselves, and we will never be able to win the battles by ourselves. Some will search all their lives, use all their money and power to try and find true happiness and their identity, but they will find that they are not successful and they are still living with an emptiness inside because that empty spot can only be found and filled by Jesus and coming into our true identity. Many go through a identity crisis at some time or point in their life where they are questioning, searching. It's happened to me as well. Even as a Christian, I dealt with an identity crisis. This was something that was a little bit of a shock to me. But my belief system when it came to my identity was very superficial and in word only. I had not allowed the truth to invade my thoughts and my heart. There were layers of unworthiness and false identity that had to be chipped away. As God was working on his masterpiece, he taught me to be instead of do. Sounds a little like the story of the sculptor, doesn't it? He taught me to just be still to be his child, to be a wife, to be a mom, instead of so much doing. Well, I was just doing myself to death, doing ministry, doing work, doing, doing, doing. I wanted God to be proud of me, but guess what? He already was. I didn't have to do anything. The truth is, we don't have to do anything to earn his favor or approval. And by the way, his approval is the only one that matters. This may seem like a simple thing, but it can be very hard to grasp and apply because of years of wrong thinking, living in the wrong identity, and a false belief system. God revealed to me that I was basing my identity upon the approval of others. So when others did not approve of me, I became paralyzed. The truth was, I already had the approval of the king. So who else's approval did I really need? Nobody's. When I truly accepted this, it was life-changing, and suddenly the approval of others quickly faded away. I discovered rest and grace like I had never known before. There has been many gifts that I have received from God, but let me tell you, awakening me to my royal identity is a gift that I will never forget. Remember, God looks upon us as the apple of his eye. He sees a treasure, a reflection of his son. He marvels over you. He sings over you. 
There are no blemishes, only beauty and righteousness because you are his child. You are his beloved. It is this identity that everything must flow from in your life. Then you will enter into more joy, rest, and peace. We must awaken to and secure our identity in Christ because the enemy runs scared of it. He doesn't want you to walk around in your identity and speak your identity because he knows that when you do, you will then truly reflect the image of God and he, meaning the enemy, becomes powerless. Wow, that is good stuff right there, friend. That is a game changer and a lifesaver. Your core beliefs must be solid. They must be rooted and established. These are your identity, your purpose, and value. Knowing fully who you are and whose you are becomes the greatest gift of all. So, let's dig a little bit. Plant some seeds and allow God to establish some healthy, lasting roots. So go ahead, grab your pen and your journal, and you're going to grab your Bible as well. You don't have to look up these scriptures right now. I just want you to sit back and listen. But please, at a later time, go back and search these scriptures yourself and see what the Lord is showing you here. What does 1 Peter 2, 9 say about your identity? It says that you are a chosen, a royal priesthood, holy, a special treasure. Then in 1 John 3, 1, what does the Father call you? He calls you sons, children of God. He calls you his own. Of course he does. He created you in his image. And then in Colossians 3, 3, where does it say your life is hidden? It says that your life is hidden in Christ. In Galatians 2, 20, it says Christ lives in you. In Ephesians 2, 10, it says you are his workmanship created to do good works. In Romans 8, 17, it says you are co-heirs with Jesus. In Romans 8, 1, it says there is no condemnation in Christ. And Jeremiah 1.5, it says, before he formed you in the womb, he knew you and appointed you. And Philippians 3.20, it says, where is your citizenship? It is in heaven. And Ephesians 1.3, it says, you have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. In Colossians 2.10, what does it say about you? It says you are filled in him. You are complete. You are covered by him. What does it say in 2 Timothy 1.7? It says, that this is the kind of spirit you have been given, not one of fear, but of power, of love, of self-control, and you have a sound mind. What does Ephesians 1.4 say about you? It says that you are holy and you are blameless. What does Jesus say about you in Matthew 5.14? He says, you are the light of the world. There are still so many other scriptures throughout the Bible proclaiming your identity. Your heavenly father is pretty proud of you. Doesn't it sound like it? You're his creation, his child, and he likes to brag about you. You bring him glory. So we see him bragging about who you are, your identity in him all throughout scripture. So I hope you're smiling right now. I hope that just encourages your heart. When the enemy tries to make you doubt who you are, just return to these scriptures and discover new ones along the way. I want you to saturate your mind with the book of Ephesians, read chapters one through three. You know, some of us may have grew up never hearing the words, I'm proud of you as a child, but God, your heavenly father is so proud of you. And he proclaims it all throughout scripture. 
As our journey together comes to an end today, I want you to know you were made to shine from the inside out. No jewel or gem could ever outsparkle the beauty of Jesus that radiates from who you are. God wants you to understand and accept your place of authority in the kingdom. He wants you to rise up and fulfill your assignment. But before you can do that, you have to grasp hold and claim your identity. Remember, our mistakes don't disqualify us, friends. They qualify us. You do not walk in failure as a child of God. No, you walk in favor. Before my little Luke was born, I purchased a piece of artwork to hang in his nursery. And on it, the following words were painted by the artist. You are a child of God. You are wonderfully made, dearly loved, and precious in his sight. Before God made you, he knew you. There is no one else like you. While Luke was still in my womb, I began to read these words over him. When he was born, I would hold him in my arms and rock him and speak the same words over him from that piece of artwork. And then he grew and he became a toddler. And then I began to put him on my hip and I would point to the words and read them to him. Soon as he grew, he began to recognize the words and I instructed him to read the words himself. And day after day as he grew, I spoke these simple words over him. Today, that piece of artwork still hangs in our home where our homeschool loop now. One day, I was sitting in my prayer room and I was really struggling due to some circumstances I was walking through. And my little Luke came walking in and on a sticky note, he had written and quoted the very words on the piece of artwork and gave it right back to me. And it read, Mommy, you are a child of God. You are wonderfully made, dearly loved and precious in his sight. Before God made you, he knew you. There is no one else like you. Well, there you have it. Right from the mouth of babes. No matter our age, we all need to be reminded of who we are and who we are loved by. So maybe today that's you. Maybe you have been questioning your identity and questioning God's love over you. Maybe the sculptor is looking upon you, his masterpiece. Don't worry. He only sees the beauty of his son in you. He doesn't see all the muck on the outside, all the ice. As you allow him to come closer and closer, the outside, the ice, just begins to chip off because it can't withstand his mighty, holy, loving presence. You see, it's his love. It's his perfect love that sculpts us. It's his vision of who he created us to be, not who we have become on our own. He returns us to our original state over and over again because of his great love. Do you find yourself today questioning your identity? Maybe you need a name change. There is an old hymn called I Will Change Your Name and it comes from Revelation 2.17 that reads, And I will give him a white stone and on the stone a new name written which no one knows except him who receives it. What is the new name God is whispering over you right now? I have changed your name. You will no longer be called wounded, outcast, lonely or afraid. I have changed your name. You are now glorious, confident, fearless, joyful one, a healed child of God. I have changed your name. 
Oh, Father, speak over your children. Sing over your children. May they be consumed like a burning fire with your love. May they unwrap the marvelous gift of royal identity you have given them. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, have a wonderful week. I hope this podcast has blessed you. I love you bunches, and until we meet again, live life abundantly. If you like Mommy's show, leave a review. Hey, before you go, if this podcast has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to leave a review and subscribe to the Shattered into Beautiful show. Next, hop on over to the Shattered into Beautiful private Facebook group where you will find a network of friends with daily inspiration. You can reach me at JeannieScottSmith.com. And lastly, please share the episode or review in your social and tag me at Smith Evangelistic Ministries. I cannot wait to meet with you again. Stay tuned for more life-giving podcasts coming your way. Oh,